For the past month, uh, and actually even more, uh, the entire world has been in various forms of restriction, um, shutdown, suspension, and quarantine uh, because of the coronavirus. And it's showed, and it is showing, uh, the dangers of complacency. I believe it has dredged up some hard truths about ourselves on all levels of society from our, the governance of our countries and society, the regulations in place or the lack thereof, the commodities and financial markets, its nature, our family relationships, and even maybe most importantly, our personal hygiene. But also um, about our spirituality you know, on all levels uh, as well. Many have been awakened to the absolute dangers of complacency, but more need to be aware, more people need to be aware, especially regarding our spirituality, which is something that we will look at today. So let's read the passage and continue. Mark chapter 11, verses 15 through 25. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves, and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Now, today's passage is a very curious and interesting one. Uh, it is very debated. Uh, it has been also very misunderstood. And I can say that with confidence because, you know, I misunderstood this because before I studied this for myself. And, um, you know, I'm going to keep things as simple as possible. And there are three things that happen in this passage. Uh, and, you know, you can kind of delineate and divide your 
Bible or your, the passages according to this to help you understand as well, I think. But the first is that Jesus curses a fig tree that did not have any fruit. And this um, episode or story is divided into two parts uh, from Mark chapter 11, verses 11 to 14, which is actually before today's passage, and then continued in 19 to 21. The second is that Jesus goes uh, and he drives out the people that are buying and selling things in the temple courts. And this happens in chapter Mark 11, verses 15 to 18, uh, shorter than some of the other um, gospels describe it. And the third thing that happens, which some of you may not have divided uh, or heard it divided in this way, is that Jesus explains one and two in verses 22 to 25. So I took 22 and 25 out um, as an explanation, a separate explanation by Jesus because he interprets what just happened and what he just did. Now, this could take quite a while, but I'm going to try and uh, make this as, as succinct and simple as I can and most importantly, as short as I can. Now, the first is the cursing of the fig tree, and this interprets and explains what Jesus does at the temple courts. They are connected. Now, so that next, Jesus can take the combination of these two events and then every, uh, explain both um, of what happened in verses 22 to 25. So the core event is what Jesus does at the temple courts when he's driving people out uh, and, you know, he seems quite angry and upset. The incident in the temple courtyard um, was a prophetic display. You know, think about the Old Testament prophets. Not only did they give a lot of long speeches and, you know, what God said, God, you know, thus says the Lord, uh, but they also, their very lives were sometimes used as a display for people to understand and to understand the point of God. So this was a prophetic display criticizing what the temple has become and prophesying that it will no longer be relevant for salvation in the very near future. The cursing uh, and the withering of the fig tree is a visual display, an organically visible, visible display of the temple no longer being what it is supposed to be, what it was supposed to be. The fruitless fig tree represents the fruitlessness of the temple-based worship of the Jews. Now, that could not and would not recognize the Messiah because they've had thousands of years of scripture, of tradition, that all of, the, all of which was supposed to point people and prepare them for the Messiah. But the leaders, you know, and the people who were at the temple the most could not or would not. Verse uh, 13, it says, Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went, this is Jesus, went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. So, you know, it's like even not fair for the, for the tree because it's not the season for the tree to have fruit. Jesus goes expecting fruit and doesn't find fruit because it was not the season. Now, this word season to us seems very harmless and normal, but the word in Greek, now that is used is kairos, which is not the botanical, like a word that you would use for the seasons, for trees and, and fruit bearing. But it is a religious theological term that is found in chapter one as well. And it talks about the time of the kingdom of God, the season, the time. And it's kind of, um, it has a similar significance theologically as in the way Jesus uses the phrase the hour in the book of, throughout the book of John. 
Now, the tree um, gives the impression that it might have something to eat, just as the temple, you would think, gives the impression that it is a place that is dedicated to the service of God, to the worship of God. But this was not the case anymore. The temple wasn't about God anymore. That was the reality, and that is what Jesus was driving out from the court. It had become about people. It had become about basically everything other than God. So this is what needed to be changed, as Jesus explains in verses 22 to 25. And there's a couple of you know, simple points that we can see. The old tree, the old temple, uh, needed to die so that the new tree or the new temple can be founded on faith in God alone can go beyond the uh, geopolitical boundaries of Israel so that um, the new can be sustained by intimate relationship with God. Uh, The new can be characterized by forgiveness and the restoration of relationships. And this is what we see basically verse by verse, verse 22, 23, 24, and 25. Now, in verse 23, Jesus says, uh, Jesus doesn't say, mountains, you know, you can move mountains, but he says, this mountain, right? You can speak to this mountain. Jesus was actually literally standing on the mountain where the temple was, meaning Mount Zion, right? The famous Mount Zion that we know. And like he told the Samaritan woman by the well, if you have faith in God, if you have faith, you don't need Mount Zion. Because Jesus is now the faithfulness of God. He is the faithworthiness of God. Jesus is the one uh, who proves that God is worthy of our faith, and He is all we need. That is the point of today's passage. Two thousand and twenty started off pretty innocently, kind of normally, maybe even uh, positively, uh, but it has become something that is will go down in history uh, to be remembered for a long time. And I think, again, as I mentioned, the coronavirus uh, and the emergency has dredged up a lot of hard truths. In Korea, it has dredged up uh, the true nature of an organization that claimed itself as being a church and even Christian. Uh, but also for us individually and for you watching and in smaller groups, I think there's a lot of hard truths that it has dredged up that we may even have been trying to avoid for the last couple of weeks, even as churches have been unable to gather to worship, but has been able, uh, but had to turn to online worship. Uh, you know, I've recorded and streamed worship, you know, with just a couple of people in front and, you know, a couple, bunch of cameras. But how has your spirituality fared through the last couple of weeks? Do you feel further from God? Maybe, maybe, right? I'm just, maybe it's because church had become more important than God in the way that the temple had replaced God uh, for, the, for the Israelites. Was your Sunday about God or about your church, about people, about small groups, uh, about a particular type of worship or music or even pastor speaking or not speaking. Let's go back to the heart of worship. Let's go back to Jesus. 
and nothing can shake our faith and spirituality. Amen. Let's pray through this time together. God, uh, we thank you for your word uh, that are the words of life, truth and restoration, healing, O oh God, and sometimes hard truths. Help us to reflect on our lives uh, and our situation and the world around us, O oh Lord, to see for what it is, to see our lives for the way that we are living it, uh, for our thoughts and attitudes um, for what it is as well. As we come to you and confess to you our sins, may you cleanse us, O oh God. May you heal our country, our countries, our people. May you be with everyone who is suffering through this time. May you strengthen us by your word. And we, as your people, we want to live in faith and we want to live and direct people toward faith as well. May your people stand and be counted during this time, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer.